Kenichiwa Minisan. Hello and welcome to Famicast 36, your Famicast for May 2014. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. Matt Walker. Hey, hey. And Ty Shugert. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Again. Oh. <laughs> uh, how are you guys doing this month? Uh, saucy. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I wish I was feeling saucy. That'd be nice. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Can't complain. How you doing, Danny? Oh, I'm okay. I'm um, actually in the process of moving. So, actually, too, just for the listeners out there, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the month, uh, just to make sure I have enough time and stuff to get ready for my move. Um, yeah, I'm just moving to a bigger place. Should be cool. I might actually be able to have people come over and play video games and not be, like, shoulder to shoulder or something, you know? Um, Hell yeah. So, yeah, should, should be cool. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, so... I guess we can go ahead and get to it, so we'll take a very quick musical break here and then go ahead and get started with New Business. I'll go ahead and kick us off with new business. Um, I haven't really been playing a whole lot of stuff, but one game I did manage to pick up a couple of weeks ago was uh, Theatrhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call uh, for the 3DS. And uh, did you guys play the original one at all? Yeah, I played your copy a few times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I played, a, I played the demo um, on both... 3ds and on ios and i mean i thought it was i thought it was great i thought it was really cool but you know i wasn't at the time i wasn't looking to spend you know 40 or 50 bucks or whatever it was on like you know a a music game so for either version (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean with the original one i reviewed it on the site two years ago when it came out and i put in around like 60 hours into the game and i got yeah i bought almost all of the dlc songs and stuff and so yeah i probably spent like I don't know, roughly a hundred dollars on the original uh, game. So, Square Enix thanks you. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think all of my top, like most of my top uh, games on my 3DS, like Activity Log, are like Square Enix things. So, oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I haven't put in sixty hours into this one just yet. Uh, I think more around like seven or eight or something. But um, basically, if if you played the original one, it, it, this is more or less like the same type of stuff. I mean, it's exactly. Uh, the same type of like control scheme, uh, same t- you know you got the battle music and stuff like that, and you got uh, field music, and then you have the EMS, the event music sequences too. Um, so yeah, I mean all that stuff's still there. It definitely looks a lot nicer and sharper. It seems like it runs like a little bit smoother too in terms of like frame rate and just general look of everything from like character models to menus and yeah, just all of that stuff. And uh, some of the some of the cool things I really enjoy about it too is well. Basically, all of that shit that I had bought with the original one is included <laughs> with this version. Oh, holy uh, crap. Yeah. I mean, there are over 200 songs, 
here. So it's definitely a lot of content. And um, wow, that is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so and, is it almost like a like a, a director's cut of the first game, essentially? Then it, it, it diverts a little bit in the sense that there are, there are three different modes in this game. One's like a, a battle versus mode. Then there's just a simple music select mode, and then there's like this. Uh, quest mode like a quest medley mode where you're playing all these different things and you know with the battle mode it's pretty self-explanatory you can uh basically go up against a computer character or uh, other players either via you know an online match or uh, like a local play and you're just playing like a match against these people basically trying to see who can just be better at the song and uh, against the computer, there are different like levels. There's like a bronze level, silver, gold, stuff like that. I got through like the silver, and I just got started on the gold. It's it's relatively easy. I was like kicking the crap out of the computer. But what really kind of makes it kind of unique is that they have like status things that can happen to you, like uh, negative like effects. Like for example, it can make it so that you can't see which what the note is going to be. Like if it's up, down, left, right, whatever, anything like that, you can't see until it's like basically right on top of. Where you, when you're supposed to press, nice. or, or things like where the, like for example the the directional things are like moving around like in a circle, and you just kind of have to time it like okay when it gets to the specific point I need to go up you know instead of down because right now it's completely to the left right down or whatever, so, and they had some of this stuff in the original one but it was, it, it was kind of locked away in like the oh, what the crap was it called there's like this temple thing where you're facing like harder and harder shit and stuff. But um, anyway, so that's cool. But the the quest medley, it's pretty interesting. It's you you can uh, essentially go on a quest <laughs> with all of your little characters, and you're playing just different songs uh, in kind of like a random order. And you eventually fight like a boss, and you get like items and stuff, crystals to unlock new characters, uh, just new little things like that. So nice, nice. So it sounds like there's a uh, definitely plenty of content, especially since you can play online, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, and unfortunately, I have not actually tried the online out yet, so I can't really speak much on that. I, I mean, I imagine it's, you know, like I said, pretty self-explanatory. It's probably not much different than facing a computer, except you're mm. facing a person. Right. So, But um, what, what I really enjoy, too, is, like, you know, not only do they have, you know, mainline Final Fantasy stuff in here, they also have, you know, kind of obscure Final Fantasy stuff, too, or not maybe not so obscure, like Mystic Quest has some representation in there, uh, Crystal Chronicles, uh, you know, all sorts of other Final Fantasy games, basically almost any Final Fantasy game released on, like, main consoles is represented, like, in this game. That's neat. So, But they, they don't get into I, any other stuff, like uh, Chrono Trigger or Secret of Manor or anything like that? Well, I know what they're going to do for some DLC, like uh, Romancing Saga. They're going to release some DLC for that eventually. So, I mean, it's possible they could just have other, you know, Square Enix titles that they're going to be throwing in there. Because I think right now that, those are the only ones that might be confirmed, so... Yeah, Neat. but it's yeah, definitely a possibility. So nice. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much if you played the original uh, Theatrhythm, you'll probably dig this game. I mean, it, there there are a lot of similarities and stuff, but one interesting kind of fun thing that I really liked about the original was the series mode. It's basically where you're playing through just different songs, basically all the songs from like one particular game. And you just go through in, like, order and stuff. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it because it kind of just tied everything together with that particular game. But in this game, you don't have that at all. And I don't know. I, I kind of miss that. I, You know, I, I, I like all these, most of the songs, you know, in the game. But it's, it was just kind of nice outside of, you know, just selecting things just to play individually. 
to have some kind of a mode where you can basically go through a whole game worth of music. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, um, if you want to know more about it, I think Don wrote up a review on the site. You should definitely check it out. Um, Yeah, pretty cool game. Yeah, (laughs) so. Neat. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, I think, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me. I haven't really been playing too much else, just getting ready for my move and other crap, just busy with work. So, um, yeah, so that'll go ahead and do it for me. Uh, We'll take another quick break and be back with some more new business. Yeah, video games. Uh, sorry, I didn't play Nintendo games this time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, actually, I, I, I played a lot of things. I've been kind of achievement hunting, hopping from game to game on my Xbox. But I've been on this massive Skyrim bender. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I've probably played like 20, 30, 40 hours in the last week or two. Oh, man. Yeah, it's madness. It's, it's, it's like an MMO you play by yourself. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and you know, funny things happen in that game. You like you shout guys off cliffs. Everybody knows the whole story. Fuss roll die, arrow in the knee, all the jokes. <laughs> I, I did like crit a bandit for massive damage by shooting him in the knee with an arrow. <laughs> I laughed when that happened. Yeah, just like real life. Yeah. So, is this the first time that you've played that game? Then, or are you coming back to it for, like after a hiatus? Uh, yeah. Almost the first time. Like I, I probably played probably like ten hours when I got it. This is in this uh like giant package of games I got from the US like last year that I'm still working through. Longtime listeners may remember. So I picked up my save game again, had no idea what I was doing. Then I finished the main story and now I'm just hunting down all the achievements and playing around a lot. It's fun. It's really easy to get caught up on so many different things in that game. Like uh nice, nice. like collecting books or something. There's 380 books in Skyrim. You can build wow. you can build a, a library and try to fill it up. If you Nice, if, nice. Yeah, I I did it and then I caught autism. <laughs> I it sounds like I mean, I I've actually never played Skyrim, but I've I've heard, you know, great things about how it's it, you know it has all these systems that basically it's it's fun to just kind of you know dick around in the game you know because there's all kinds of like stuff that you can do but i didn't realize that there was also like you know all these collectibles and stuff so for like somebody that's a completion completionist then it sounds like you could just spend forever playing yeah, the game and, you and could spend enjoy forever it. playing this game nice like, uh, well have you played like fallout 3 or new vegas no no wow. <laughs> you should get on it yeah i was gonna say it's like that but way bigger <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean I've heard obviously that you know Fallout's really good too, but I just I've always I've <laughs> I basically been a Nintendo fanboy my whole life. So as a result, like I've uh, it's it's hard for me to sit down and actually pick up a western game. Uh like I I think even the first like western game, western made game that I played, I think was like Uncharted Uncharted basically. Huh. 
Um, and the only reason that I picked it up was because I got Uncharted 3, and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to play through this, I'm going to play through the first two first. So <laughs> I ended up playing all the uh, Naughty Dogs games there, essentially, just because. Right on. Okay, so yeah, Skyrim, it's fun. Whatever. <laughs> it's been out for like two or three years, so yeah. not much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I played... Deadlight on Xbox Live Arcade. It was actually not that good. What? Yeah, what's it about? I think I've heard the name. Um, it's kind of like a a two D game with zombies and platforms and little puzzles. It it's basically Limbo but bad. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So it's a side scroller. Yeah. Yeah, like like I played through it. I finished it today. It really felt like they were just biting off Limbo, and did not do quite as good a job. But it was like a free game or like severely discounted. I forget which. And do you know me? I like impulse buy off Xbox Live all the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's some low hanging fruit for achievements, though. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. And of course, my old standbys, Killer Instinct and Skullgirls. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a lot with Fulgore and Killer Instinct. He he seems really strong to me, I think. Um, I want to say, like, if you're big into Street Fighter, he to me, he feels a lot like Sagat. Except, except he can move fast and teleport. <laughs> Oh wow! You tell- oh, that's right. He can teleport in the old games too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, he can keep guys away, but he can also like in close. Like he has good options. He has an overhead. It's really short range, but he can do full combos off of it, and he does a lot of damage. So yeah, I like Fulgore a lot. Nice. Does he have any kind of like special? Uh, systems you were talking about yeah. when um, Spinal came out, right? You were talking about his his kind of like you know their special systems or aspects that you know yes he had going for him. absolutely. What, what's up with Fulgore? Uh, yeah, Fulgore has a totally different kind of special meter. You know, all the other characters they have like a regular special meter. It fills up when they, you know, they block or attack, do things. Fulgore does not. He has like this totally different looking meter that you have to charge. Like if you played a uh, like King of Fighters or Capcom versus SNK, like he, there's like the groove where you have to stand still and charge up to build your meter. It's like that kind of. So, instead of like just gaining meter by uh playing normally, he has to find opportunities to stand still and build it up. But and then when he builds up the meter, then does he just have like a super combo that he can perform? Or? Um, let's see. Well, he has a little more capacity. He has like the regular sort of super moves that the other character has. But when he activates his instinct mode, it it fills up continually automatically, and he gets access to a really powerful beam super move. Like if you played um, Marvel vs. Capcom two, it's like the hyper viper beam, pretty much. Yeah, fast startup, you just look for an opportunity, and then you'd, bam, take off 40% of their life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's a game changer. you got to watch out. You have to be aware when that is in play. Yeah. 
Now, does that mean that basically it's only these two characters that, that kind of have special systems that separate them from the rest of the characters? Or um, uh, I would say each of the characters have, like, special attributes, like, um, that, that are unique to them. Like, for example, Jago, um, you know, he's, like, he was, he was one of the first characters out. Uh, he's pretty normal, except he can um, do different auto-doubles linked together. Like, you know... Pretty much every character has to do like like special move auto double special move auto double for their combos, but Jago can like just go uh, down the strengths like he can do hard auto double medium auto double light auto double, and just oh, string, string those together. Yeah, uh, Saber Wolf can do the same one over and over. Cool. Yeah, and let's see, you know, uh, I think only Orchid has an air throw, and. Like their their instinct modes are all really unique too. Like Orchid basically gets an assist while our uh, instinct mode is active. Cool. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's... Nice. Yeah. Sidira has like like a, a has sort of a similar thing with her instinct mode, where she like pops out a web. She can do it like while she's doing another attack, and she can also activate in the air, which is unique to her. Yeah. So they they were talking about. Um, so the next quote season of characters, they're going to add another eight, I think characters and each of them is going to have their own special attributes and stuff too. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The way that they're differentiating all the characters like that, then must make for a pretty interesting, you know, yeah. gameplay and tournaments. Yeah, I would think so. Um, it does have, I, I think in that sense, like it does share a lot with street fighter four and that like, you play each matchup a lot differently. You okay. Whereas in the old Killer Instincts, you could kind of play all the matchups the same, but in this, you have to be like really aware of how characters work, the, the space they cover, and the things they can do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so next season, eight more characters. We don't know who they are yet. And they also changed developers for the for the really? new season. Yeah. That's right. Does that worry or concern you? Um. Not really. I mean, the new developer is really good, um, which is uh, the Dive Kick guys, Iron Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they made Man. they they made. I'm trying to think. Was it? They did like all those uh, Capcom uh, ports to right. Xbox Live. And all the PSN. HD remakes, right? Yeah. 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 Those guys yeah. know they're fighting games. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, like half the guys are staying on anyway. At, that are like in Microsoft Studios, you know, like Ken Lob and <laughs> those guys. Yeah. So nice. I, I mean, it seems like it's going to be a really smooth transition. Yeah, I, I'm Ty. I'm pretty sure you probably saw this, but you know, ugh, God, I, who knows? By the time by the time this episode's out, I mean, this is going to be kind of old news. But you know, I, I saw that you know they're Microsoft's going to be releasing a new SKU of the Xbox One without Connect for basically a hundred bucks cheaper and. Man, that kind of got me excited. I'm thinking, man, now I need an Xbox One. Yeah, <laughs> and it, they also um, they they changed a lot of their live policies to be more generous. Like you, mm-hmm. you won't need a like a gold account to watch Netflix and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna start bringing the two free games a month over to Xbox One if you're subscribed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. And man, I I really love that. I love having twelve free games a year that I get to keep forever. Yeah, that's freaking cool. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, and I think they needed to do that. You know, they needed to kind of reduce that price discrepancy in order to sell more units. But I feel like uh, that from what I've, you know, heard from people that actually own Xboxes, though, that, like, it, you know, as long as they can get the voice commands to work, like, the voice commands have been the reason to have the Xbox. Like, the, the they work really well, and, you know, they kind of really streamline the UI and stuff. Um, and then I'd also heard that the... Skype actually on Xbox One is supposed to be like really nice. It's like kind of thing where I mean, you know, you're, you're talking to your TV, right? Yeah, but, I heard that too. Like, I haven't used it, but my friend has been using it a lot. He swears by it. Yeah, you should try it out, man, because it, it sounds like yeah, like it the, the connect like follows you around the room and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. apparently it's it's uh, supposed to be really nice. I've, yeah. From people I've I've heard, they're like, yeah, this is the way to do Skype. Yeah, and. Yeah, people that use the voice command say it's really they really like it. I don't even plug in my Kinect because I only play Killer Instinct and Wow, the, the people who leave their Kinect plugged in, you can like hear their entire living room. Yeah, uh, and they're they're yelling kids or like their noisy fan right next to the Kinect or whatever. <laughs> sometimes it's really annoying, but sometimes it's really, really, really funny. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Can you not turn off like the like in, in like the match settings then like i don't yeah, want to hear can, what they're okay you can mute people um mm. right before the match there's a prompt i think they added it i don't think it was in there from the start but like oh wow like at the start of a match there'll be like a, like at the bottom they'll say hit the menu button to mute them so you can decide right then but nice. i usually leave it on uh, because sometimes yeah funny things happen <laughs> especially when they get mad oh <laughs> Yeah, I got a pretty good hate mail today. See my Twitter for details. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, might mention Skullgirls again really quick. They added uh, mm-hmm. uh, a new question mark character. New? This, this this is gonna <laughs> require some explaining. Okay, April Fool's okay. Day. They announced a new character called Fukua. Who was just a palette swap of swap of philia, and yeah, it was like like same animation except all the moves were rearranged and she played completely differently, and it was just an April Fool's joke, but apparently she was pretty good and people liked the player, so you can now play as her in the game. Right. Yeah, she's she's like a parody character of like all the other palette swap characters that have been made over the years. Like, makes sense. yeah, like if you played Marvel vs. Capcom one, like, uh, she has like a Gold War machine palette. She has a de- a decapper palette, <laughs> right? From right. also Street Fighter four and a few others. So, um, I believe she's in the PC and PSN versions. The Xbox version will be out shortly, and I think she's kind of hidden. I, I don't remember exactly how to access her, but yeah, she's in the game. She's funny. It's a free character. Mm-hmm. You'll never have to pay for it. She's just a fun little secret. And right now, didn't you say that uh, it's that Skullgirls is free on yes, PSN? Yes, Skullgirls is free on PSN Plus. I think mm-hmm. and maybe just for this month, though. So okay. get in on that. Yeah, hope, hopefully I'll have this posted before the end of the month. So it's yeah. not like, hey, it's May 31st. Hey, asshole, <laughs> you have like four hours to get yeah. this thing. Yeah, and once again, uh, the DLC characters they added through their kickstarter campaign by that i mean indiegogo but whatever they're free for 90 days so get those 
even if you think you might buy the game, you can go ahead and get that free DLC right now mm-hmm. because it's been paid for by very generous people. Cool. Yeah, if my PS3 wasn't packed away, I would probably get this, but I'd have to unbox yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really wish I'm lazy. Like, I could get to the PSN store through my web browser. That would be so convenient because I do that on my Xbox all the time. Wait, can't you? I don't. Not last time I checked. If they added it, it was in the last couple months. Matt, wasn't that something that you, your like your wife, did for you with? Um, oh, what's that game? A couple months ago, with the was it a new? Oh my god! You need. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Can you access the PSN store from a web browser? You know, I had um, I had purchased Strider there over yeah. yeah. Uh, my with my phone, I had uh, opened up the the PSN store, yeah, and it was just mm-hmm. it was just like purchase the game. Would you like to download the game? Like hell yeah! So you know, I pressed the button and I had my wife turn on the PS3, and then yeah, it just like automatically did it for me. Okay, well that's good. Can you message people though? Maybe that's what I was worried about or frustrated about rather. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I uh, I feel like I've seen that in the PSN app on the phone, but I've never actually like tried it mainly because I don't really have any PSN friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I kind of never like turn on my PS3 these days. So, yeah, like like uh, especially living in Japan, like to send a message in Japanese on PSN, you have to have your language set to Japanese. Uh, okay. Okay. And. Yeah, if you have it set to English because you like English menus, you can't do that. But on the Xbox, you can uh, just open up your web browser and freaking type Arabic or whatever, <laughs> and, and it's all golden. Nice. Yeah, so that's on my wish list for PSN, browser messaging. But yeah, that wraps it up for what I've been playing. Play fighting games every day. <laughs> cool. All right, well, thanks a lot, man. Uh, We'll go ahead and take another quick break and be back with Matt. Matt's going to go ahead and end off new business here. All right, so lately uh, I, I picked up Final Fantasy Agito on the iPhone on Friday night. Uh, unfortunately, I only have an iPhone 4S, and when you boot up the game, the first thing it does is tell you, you should probably use iPhone 5 or above, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, I went ahead and ignored that message. And I keep ignoring that message, but uh, the game <laughs> itself is—it seems pretty cool. Um, it's it's a free-to-play game, but the, the battle system is very like you know kind of modern Final Fantasy. So it's it's kind of like what we've kind of seen in Final Fantasy since like Final Fantasy twelve, where you have guys kind of walking around and and auto battling with enemies, but you can you know select the enemy that you want about you know attack whenever you want. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of active time battle in that, you know, you'll attack an enemy and then, like, a bar will go down. And then when it goes back up, you'll be able to attack again. Uh, but then you can also, you have, like, three or four different customizable slots that you can, you know, set, like, fire magic to or lightning magic to or ice magic or, you know, heal. And mm-hmm. so 
uh, those two are, you can basically use them whenever you want, but then it just takes a certain amount of time to, you know, refill. Uh, so in that sense, it, it kind of feels like, uh, playing Final Fantasy 14 when you're battling, which, you know, I was like, oh, this is great. You know, it's really cool because I love Final Fantasy 14. Um, and it's, it's got, it's got a great interface. Like it's a nice polished interface, very Square Enix, you know, like Final Fantasy kind of interface. Uh, it's, it feels mm-hmm. nice to play. Uh, the story is about some world, and I think, I think this takes, uh, this might take place in the same world, or, like, it's like, it's a sequel to Final Fantasy Deiski, what was that, uh... Oh, the, on the, like, Final Fantasy, I think they just called it Final Fantasy Zero, yeah. but it never came out in the Type West? Zero, right? I think that's what they called it. Type yeah. Zero. Yeah, and I, yeah, I can't, I can't remember if it came out in the Western ad, but, uh, it, that was a PSP game, right? And uh, this was going to kind of be the sequel to that, or whatever. Um, so you're you're in like a like a school kind of setting, and uh, you and like a whole bunch of other students are in this school, and you know it's uh, it takes it takes place in this world with like four warring countries or whatever. And so the this this in this school, they're basically you know trying to raise raise you know kids and hoping that one of them will eventually become the savior who brings peace to the world. So. <laughs> and and that savior is called the Agito, so that's where the name of the game comes from. Okay, does that actually mean anything? Agito, like outside of the game, <laughs> isn't Agito? Isn't that like a word for like base in some language? <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> I have a feeling it is. I, I, it could be completely wrong, but I thought I thought that like Agito, yeah, meant base in something. I don't know, French, Italian, something. I'm probably completely wrong, but. I feel like I've heard that before, anyways. <laughs> I feel like I've heard it. Um, but, uh, so in addition to the battles, then, you know, you walk around you walk around this school and you, like, talk to people and you, you want to, like, try and uh, basically strengthen your relationships, your ties, your bonds, as it were, with uh, the different students and teachers and whatnot. So you talk to them and uh, you can also do this little mini game where uh, if you can strengthen your bond with somebody by tapping on this heart icon that comes up so you have to like just mash the heart icon for like you know five or six seconds or whatever and you know if you if you hit the the limit then i guess it gives you more points for strengthening your bonds i don't know what happens when you strengthen your bonds with these people but something (laughs) the game tells you i thought you're gonna say i thought you're gonna say you have to tap on it for five or six minutes like oh Oh, god God. no that'd be horrible (laughs) oh man I would have given up. I would have given up a long time ago because there are some very frustrating things about this game, particularly because a on a 4s, this was not really made to work on a 4s. I'm not sure why they allowed enabled it to work on 4s's, but it's Mm -hmm. it's not stable. So basically, it'll it'll run out of memory after you typically like talk to a couple people or you do a couple battles. So it'll run out of memory and then it'll just crash. And at which point you're like, oh, great. Okay, fine. I'm going to reboot it. So you reboot it. But the problem is that whenever you reboot, you log into the game, it does this thing where it logs into like the server and then it checks your save data. And it does this for a good minute or two. Like it's ridiculously long. And mm-hmm. if you didn't, if I didn't have to worry about that, I'd be okay with it crashing on me all the damn time. If I could just boot right back into the game really quickly, but I can't, I have to sit here and wait. And in addition to that, there are loading screens for everything, which can kind of get annoying, but I guess I've conditioned myself to not be bothered by that as much. But having to wait around for these logins for whatever the fuck it is that Square Enix is checking on my goddamn phone has been <laughs> atrocious. And yet, for some reason, as as much as, as it literally crashes on me, like, you know, once every couple of minutes, 
Even then, for some reason, <laughs> I keep opening the goddamn game back up. I'm not sure why. <laughs> There's something about it that I, I, for some reason, I want to play this game. Um, and you know, it's got it's got cool music. It's uh, and it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy VIII in a sense, maybe because of the way the story you know takes place in, with this you know school type setting or what have you. So, is um, this game going to cause you to buy a new phone? Uh, no, this game won't cause me to buy a new phone, but I have been, you know, wanting to upgrade my my iPhone for a while. So I guess at this point in time, it's, you know, do I go ahead and do upgrade it now or wait until you know they bring out the next one? Which I'd you know kind of like to wait until they bring out the next one, but we'll see how that goes. The nice thing about living in Japan is that are the carriers here, especially SoftBank, they basically subsidize the phone so much that you're getting the phone for free, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, if you if you just sign up for a two year contract, you essentially get right. like whatever the latest iPhone is for free, and it's it's such a great deal. It's hard to pass up, especially if you're like an Apple fanboy like me. And it's like great, I don't have to spend any extra money, and I can still get the phone. So, the only bad thing about this, this is kind of going off on a tangent. If your visa is like not, if like I don't have two years on my visa, so if I go to SoftBank yeah. and I'm like, hey, I want to get a phone. Oh, hey, asshole, you got to pay like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, or something. Like, oh. I had the same deal. Like I got this. <laughs> bomb ass amazing phone and you know like i didn't have a multi-year work visa at that time and they're like yeah you gotta pay your up front kid 800 (laughs) bucks the only good thing about doing that though i mean you can get like because always to make it free they usually give you you know minus like like, let's say 20 bucks a month that's how you get like your phone for essentially free like the hardware but they'll even if you buy it like outright they'll usually attach like those extra things to it which is kind of cool yeah, it is nice. It is nice. But yeah, I mean that's a good point. I'm, I had to deal with that a while back. God, it's been it's been a while. I can't remember what job I was with anymore that I was doing that. Luckily now, my my visa is like a good five years. So, <laughs> and I just applied for like a three year, five years visa, but they only gave me one year again. Mm, lame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It means I just have to jump through the hoops every year. This is what happens when you live in Japan, people. <laughs> one of the one of the yeah quirky problems you have to deal with. But I mean, I I think actually just talking about visas though, I think Japan's pretty pretty good about pretty lax. You know, having to fill out paperwork in this country can be a pain in the ass because you have uh, many times what you have to do is you have to fill it out a, the form out a specific way, and then if there's one little thing wrong, then they're like, oh, sorry, no, you're gonna have to refill out the whole form again. Yeah. Oh, you didn't write everything in all capital letters. Oh, your name isn't your name is listed as Bivens Daniel, not Daniel Bivens. You have to redo everything. Right. I'm like, oh, right, and the, and that that'll even depend on like where you are. You know, sometimes it'll be like, mm-hmm. yeah, we want you to write it, Danny, you know, Daniel Bivens, or it, it'll be somewhere else. They'll be like, ah, oh, no, we want you to write Bivens Daniel, and it's it's never clear <laughs> until you fill out the damn form, and then they tell you, no, you have to fill out the form again. Unfortunately, it's still, but it's still a small thing, I think, because for the most part, you know, I mean, we're lucky, man. There are kind of, like, try, try getting a green card in the States, right? Like that's gotta be a pain in the ass. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I am not speaking from experience or anything, but <laughs> just, just so we're clear, I am an American citizen, but I know that it sucks. But yeah, so Final Fantasy, I get to, I'm, I'm enjoying it, even though, I I typically hate free to play games and I typically hate iPhone touch games, um, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm gonna keep playing it I think and we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll hate it by the time, or maybe I'll just finally get fed up with the goddamn game crashing all the time. I don't know. 
<laughs> cool. That's cool, man. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> do they have an yeah. Android version? They do, yeah. They do have an Android oh, version. Maybe I'll check that out then. It's free to play. Try it out, man. See how it goes. Maybe it won't crash on your phone like it does on mine. Yeah, maybe. Cool. All right, man. Is that all you got for us today? Yeah. Uh, that's all. Oh, well, I played through NES Remix too. I can't remember if I talked with you guys about that last time or not. I think was it his coming yeah, out? Yeah, sounds that familiar. Time? I, I think you did talk about it. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, it's going to go ahead and do it for new business. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the news. Right. And as always, we're going to go ahead and start it with the media create sales data. Uh, for right now, this is for week 19 from May 5th to May 11th. Um, yeah, in terms of software, Yokai Watch again at the top. I think, you know, last time we were talking about that, actually for like the past three episodes, <laughs> Yokai Watch has been, um, you know, a subject of conversation. And uh, yeah, still going strong. 58,000 units that week, up over 900,000. Uh, now, uh, number two again. Oh, no, again, not again. Uh, this came out May, beginning of May. Uh, Mario Golf World, World Tour, uh, about 26,000 up to about 76,000 here. That's uh, only, you know, a couple weeks into the month. Uh, still topping, you know, making the top three on the list, Mario Party Island Tour. Uh, you know, we had mentioned this the other day, too. It, it's, you know, it's kind of nice that even though this seemed to get kind of a lukewarm reception in the States, you know, it's still doing fairly well, <laughs> despite, you know, critics you know, um, in, in, I, you know, impressions about this stuff. So, um, yeah. And then coming in at number four, sword art online, hollow fragment, uh, for the Vita 15,000 units. I have no idea what this game is. I think it was like a Bandai Namco joint type of thing. Possibly I could be wrong. Um, yeah, it's up to about 200,000 units here. And then, yeah, uh, curtain call about 10,000. It's up over 115,000. Uh, in terms of hardware, you know, 3DS as always kind of on top, about 35,000 units or 35,000 units up to about 15.5 million lifetime to date here. Uh, Wii U still doing terrible. Uh, <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> same, same old unfortunate story. Uh, about 7,600 units went through. It's about 1.7 uh, million here. Um, yeah, so. Um, you know, I was kind of talking to Matt a little bit about this before the before we started recording, but you know, the, the Nintendo financials and stuff like that were released uh, here recently, and you know, I'm I'm fairly certain that they had talked about it somewhat on uh, RFN and um, probably on Connectivity too. So, and then by the time this episode's out, too, you know, I, it, of course, it's I think it's always relevant because you know, God, there's so many things <laughs> that are just not good happening with Nintendo right now. But, you know, I, I just didn't want to focus too much on negative stuff. Just kind of try to stay as positive as possible uh, with this. But anyway, yeah, so that about does it with the sales stuff. Um, you know, at the end of the month, I think right around the time we posted the last episode, you know, uh, there was a Mario Kart Direct, and there's a lot of, you know, cool stuff about Mario Kart 8 that was released. And, you know, just off the bat, are you guys going to be getting Mario Kart 8 or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally planning on getting it, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, before actually seeing this direct, I was kind of like, eh, nah. But, you know, moving to a new place and, you know, having just a lot more space, I think it'd be a lot of fun to be playing with, like, a lot of people. I mean, you know, playing online is cool and all, but sometimes it's just, you know, playing in, like, a group setting with all your friends coming over and stuff like that. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and that was really cool direct, too. It was interesting the way they had kind of, you know, pulled out the themes in that direct, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the different, each different kind of piece of information being portrayed like a, a different kind of, you know, type, type of Japanese TV show or, you know, program or what have you, right? So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, that, I was, I was going to get the game either way. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not like because, like, I'm totally excited about the game itself, but it's like, it's Mario Kart, I'm, gonna pull, I'm just going to buy it, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the same thing happened with my, uh, Mario Kart on 3DS. Although mm-hmm. Mario Kart on 3DS, I think, was a kind of a, a big mainstay for me because uh, Mario Kart on DS was this game that I would keep coming back to. You know, whenever I was in between games, I would just plop it in there and you know, just if I had some time to kill, you know, play through a circuit or something like that. So, oh yeah, uh, same thing happened with the 3DS version. Played lots of Mario Kart Seven, uh, and it wasn't until I started getting into Monster Hunter Four that you know I took that out and you know, Monster Hunter Four became my go-to you know time killer. Yeah, I was kind of, you know, opposite with Mario Kart 7. Like, I, I bought it, and I was intending, like, okay, I could play this online, I could play the single player, blah, blah, blah. But I, I only played the game total for about three and a half hours, and I just, I was just done. Wow. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just get sick of playing single player stuff, and like, yeah, I could play online, but I don't know. I, I kind of like, but, you know, I loved Mario Kart DS. I liked the, the broken online <laughs> that they had and, you know, all that stuff. I, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. But I don't know, for some reason, I just I just couldn't get into Mario Kart 7. But, um, yeah, we'll see with Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart 64 is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a chance uh, a couple months ago to play some Mario Kart 64 with uh, some of Japan's top Marvel vs. Capcom players, I guess. Oh, nice. Are they also the top Mario Kart 64 players? No, I am. <laughs> oh, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> I am the one who shoots the green shells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did you actually beat them then? In oh, Mario yeah. Kart 64? Yeah. Alright. Like, yeah, I used to play this game, you know, in a dirty underground arena, <laughs> shouting people <laughs> for money. Fist fights, whatever. <laughs> and now, now you can go around and you can tell people, yeah, I beat the top Japanese top uh, Marvel versus Capcom players. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. don't, just don't finish the sentence with you know. At Mar- Mario Super Mario Kart Four. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, a few years ago there was a Mario Kart sixty four tournament at my university. There was many, many hundreds of people that entered. Actually, wow. It was free to enter, and you could get a Wii back when a Wii was cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Did you win and, that tournament? No, but I made top eight. Oh, man. Yeah. And then did you play the top seven players in Marvel vs. Capcom and beat them? <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of them played Marvel, but okay. <laughs> we'll say I did. So, yeah. All, all these years I've been pining for like a Mario Kart 64 return to form. And, you know, it hasn't really happened. I played a lot of Double Dash. It was good, but I don't think it lived up to Mario Kart 64. Oh, don't say that to Johnny Metz. <laughs> well, what, what was it about, about Mario Kart 64, then, that you feel like was so great that you haven't found in the other entries? Um, I would say, well, basically the battle mode. The battle mode is amazing. 
and basically the the mind games you could do in battle mode the strategy the it, it was very much like a fighting game yeah true enough true enough yeah well if that's the case i i feel like you're probably not going to get that return to form in this one right just because according to all the reviews battle mode in this one's kind of an afterthought right because they instead of giving you battle mode specific uh arenas it's just you can play battle mode in all the regular courses right yeah i heard about that Mm, i will wait and see until i play it you know i had a little rant on twitter earlier this month where they basically i read all the mario kart uh eight reviews i could find Mm -hmm. and you know the i um how to put this basically i am so smug and have such a superiority complex that i can't (laughs) read any internet review of a game seriously because nobody knows as much as i do (laughs) And, and like uh yeah i'll I'll read a review i'm not gonna name a name here but there was a certain popular video game journalist that said he and his wife played in battle mode and literally could not find each other and i'm like i think that says a lot more about the person playing than the game so (laughs) like i don't know if you can't even look at the opponent's half of the screen or whatever (laughs) so i don't know it might be secretly amazing but nobody knows it because they're bad at video games (laughs) it's a possibility i mean let's be let's be fair here none of they're not as good as you so they're not (laughs) i mean this is this is just something that you know i guess we're just gonna have to find out you know yeah so i I, once you get once you get the game we'll have the definitive answer (laughs) (laughs) that's right you will Exactly. <laughs> I'm making such a smug face right now. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have an opinion or an impression one way or the other. And I don't think I will until I play it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see about that. So listen to the next Famicast for the definitive answer as to whether or not the battle mode in Mario Kart 8 is any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm going to play against you guys and you're going to go down like so hard. Probably. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, you're the best video game player in the world. I am. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless unless you're nice to us and you let us win a couple times. But. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe we'll, we'll live stream some matches. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Definitely, um, you know, if you're not already following Ty, I mean, yeah, follow him or uh, check out, you know, our Famicast Twitter. Uh, we'll give that to you guys later. But, yeah, if, if we end up doing something like that, we'll definitely put the call out there on Twitter so you guys can see or maybe even join in and stuff, too. So, um, <clears throat> you know, with, with this talk about Mario Kart 8 in Japan, if you have a Japanese Wii U, uh, well, you're in luck. Yeah, boy! I mean, uh, <laughs> <in> the West, <laughs> in the West, in Europe and uh, North America, there's d- d- various campaigns going on where if you buy Mario Kart, you get X, Y, and Z or whatever. It's kind of the same in Japan. They kind of announced it a couple of weeks later. Uh, I think like a week and a half after the Direct. But basically, it's like if you buy Mario Kart, Eight on the Wii U, you get a chance to get like two uh, a trial version of two different games. And from the way I understood a it, trial version. I, yeah, it's like a, a game. One of these. Okay, first I read out the games. So you can choose from New Super Mario Brothers U, Nintendo Land, Game and Wario, 
Pikmin 3, the wonderful 101, the wonderful 101, or Wind Waker, and um, it's basically some kind of like a special code is going to be included like in the game somewhere. Uh, you'll get it, and you have a chance to enter this code, and uh, you can download one of these games and enjoy it for like a month. Um, but actually, you can download two of these games and enjoy them for a month. Um, so, and they they classify a month as like 31 days, and I think you have to register your code by the 31st of July and you have to at least start playing your games before uh, October 31st and I guess too after you do like the trial versions of the game you can actually save up to 40% off the software if you buy it like from the eShop so that's kind of cool I mean most of these games are things that I already have well actually about half of them are but you know I don't have Pikmin 3 I don't have the wonderful 101 I don't want Game & Wario. <laughs> I haven't bought a game since the Wii U launch. <laughs> so I'm very interested in this. Yeah, yeah I totally sense. want to play Wonderful 101 for sure. Yeah, so I mean, it'd be a cool way just to at least try it, see if you even like it. So that's that's freaking awesome. I'm really glad that they're doing this because I remember after they announced this stuff in the West, I was like, yeah, Japan's going to do something like that, right? And I was like, I didn't see anything for you know quite a while. And then I think I was talking, maybe I was talking to Don and he had mentioned it. And I was like, oh, well, shit, that's awesome. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting campaign, isn't it? It's it's basically their way of saying, "Here, look, you could try out the whole game for you know a whole month," and mm-hmm. it's probably probably good for them sales wise to do it that way. I was kind of hoping that we'd get the you know just get a whole game for free. Yeah, because um, I would have loved to have gotten like you know either Wind Waker or well Wind Waker in particular, just because that's a game that you know I have on GameCube and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd love to play that or buy that game, but I also don't want to spend the money on a full copy of it. So sure, that would be cool. But I mean, since we get to try out two games, it'd be pretty cool to, you know, say, do, you know, like wonderful one one That's one I want to try out too, that I, I still haven't, I still haven't played the demo, even though I've had it downloaded since day oh, yeah. one. <laughs> me, me too. Me too. <laughs> no, it's like, and you know, 31 days. I mean, that's even if you don't own the thing, that's plenty of time to actually complete it. That's true, I know. Yeah. I know for me personally, I, I like owning things. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't know. Whenever I borrow games, and I, I usually try not to beat them because I'd rather just own them and make it mine. That's weird. That's just me and my own weird little things. So, <laughs> Makes sense. I Actually, I like to buy my games too. I don't – and I, I certainly – I never sell back any games either. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done that for a long time. I think I did that with Super Monkey Ball 2 because I just found it like – awful (laughs) but anyways yeah i've sold like five games in my life and they were all bad or worth over a (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars cool all right and um one of the other big news events to come out of the uh financials and all that stuff you know nintendo finally announced their nfc figures they're going to be coming and they're going to be showing them off at e3 uh they're Referring to, there's like two different things we're referring to them as. One is the NFC featured platform or the N, or um, Nintendo figurine platform, basically NFP. Um, there's really no specifics as to like what characters are going to be shown off. I mean, the example that was kind of used in their slides is like a Mario, and it's saying like, you know, he can be used in like multiple games. And then it, like, I think it literally shows something like Mar- the figure, and then it shows like game A, game B, game C, or you know, some, something like that. And yeah, it's going to be coming to the Wii U by the end of the year, and then the 3DS in the first half of 2015 via like some kind of IR based NFC reader. Um, so, are you guys like excited about this at all? Like, what do you think about all this stuff? How about a tie? No, <laughs> I if they're in like if they're in like you know a, a crane machine or something, would you be? Excited? Yeah, maybe. 
<laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, for me, I, I'm not particularly excited about it right now. Uh, I do. I hope it works out for them because mm-hmm. you know Skylanders and Disney Infinity seem to be doing really well. Yeah, I mean, little, if I was you know, 12 years platform. old, I would probably be super excited. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. I mean, if if I was like myself, even like 10 years ago, I'd be like shit my pants about this. I'd be so excited because I used to love collecting all kinds of stuff like that. You know, any kind of Nintendo merchandise I could, uh, I would want to get my hands on. I would totally do it. But these days, I'm kind of more like. I, I'm going more for, like, digital media now, digital games now, just because, like, I want to, like, decrease the amount of stuff that I have. Yeah, you know? I just want to play video games, man. <laughs> Let's not make this weird. So, you know, I'll probably get my token Mario and my token Link and, you know, display them next to the TV or something. But, uh, I mean, un- unless, who knows, maybe if they have some really cool ways of integrating the functionality with them into the games, then, you know, that'd be great. But... Uh, I was I was listening to actually uh, eight four play this morning and they were talking about this subject and they were talking about well you know I mean I uh, you know maybe it could be a way to communicate between the Wii U and the 3DS and I mean it's a possibility but if if that's the case then they if they were finally going to start making games where you could do really cool stuff between the three the Wii U and the 3DS it's like why the hell didn't you do that before which is like Wi-Fi you know <laughs> like. <laughs> They've had the ability to have the Wii actually talk to the damn DS since, you know, the Wii. <laughs> you know, they used to be able to be able to download demos onto your DS from the Wii, right? So, like, they've had the functionality there forever, but they've never really took advantage of it. And I don't know if it's just that, you know, they haven't really come up with any great creative ideas to implement or what. Mm-hmm. Well, they had, like, a whole year where E3 was all talking about, you know, <laughs> all their connectivity shit just with all the... You know, hoops you had to go through to get it with, you know, oh, man. You know, Pac-Man verse. Remember when you, know, you could connect the GameCube to the GBA? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's exactly what uh... I'm talking about. I mean, they, they could do this, but wirelessly, you know? it's Yeah, it's kind of just weird that they haven't really done this. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, I, I you just have to assume that they've never been able to come up with any good creative things that are like, wow, this would make a lot of sense, but, you know, right. unfortunately. Right. You know, I, I think I'm most excited with these figures. I hope they have something, like, I really wish that they have some kind of, like, really obscure figures that they release. Like, I don't know, Disc Coon or, you know, some other just weird stuff from, like, you know, old school days. Not even necessarily game characters, but just, like, old school stuff. Yeah, it'd be pretty something. cool. Disc Coon's a great example, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the heck he could even do <laughs> in a game. That's not my job to figure that out, but... um yeah, if they did like some kind of cool stuff like that, I'd do it. And I don't know, you know, those uh, with Pokemon Rumble U that came out last year, and they had NFC figures and stuff, and they only sold them at Nintendo, uh, what the heck, uh, Pokemon centers here in Japan. I think in like capsule machines. Hmm. <laughs> Way to go, wow. guys! <laughs> That's like the second yeah. worst distribution I've ever seen. It is pretty terrible. I think in the West it was a little bit different. I think maybe it's like exclusive to GameStop or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I hope they don't do something as short-sighted and stupid as that and just make these things available everywhere. It seems like the thing that would make the most sense if they want this stuff to, you know, make a difference. Yeah. So, I don't know. In terms of, like, price, what do you guys think? Pretty cheap or do you think it would be, like, $20 or <laughs> Oh man, that's a good question. I wonder how many Skylanders toys are, and how many, how much um, Disney Infinity toys are. Yeah, it's weird. I think Skylanders here is exclusive to Toys R Us. Okay. 
and yeah, I think they're still fairly expensive, like you know, two thousand yen maybe ish, wow. somewhere between like ten to thirty dollars, I think. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope you'd hope be about ten bucks, right? When we were kids, action figures were about ten bucks, right? Something like that. Uh, five. Yeah, five. if you're getting like oh, okay. yeah, it's five for me. I was big into Ninja Turtles, and they were five bucks. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, I bought tons of Star Wars figures. Still have them in the pack. Right on. Nice. (laughs) Since the sixth grade, they're totally worthless. But, (laughs) anyways, yeah. Hopefully, they'll be you know kind of low enough. But um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else to say about this stuff? Or Um, good luck to them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's maybe a lot of interest with people who are not us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think so, so too. i wish and... them the best but i would <laughs> like some video games <laughs> yeah cool well um yeah we don't have a whole lot of stuff to talk about in news today so i think we're gonna go ahead and actually end it at that and um when we come back after this short break we're gonna have a bit of a feature for you talking about tomonachi life and all of this stuff that's kind of happened over the past couple of weeks so oh uh, yeah st- so stay tuned and we'll be right back and we're back and we have a feature for you here today um we're gonna be talking about tomodachi life and this kind of uh came on we got an email here actually i'll just go ahead and read that so you could know exactly what we're talking about here so uh dear family crew i think it would be appropriate for people living in japan to explain why same-sex relationships were deemed a bug by nintendo i.e they referred to it as removing strange relationships in the bug report why is this non why is this a non-controversial statement from a japanese company are Japanese people against gay relationships? Is it a religious thing? Uh, I've heard a very rare. I've heard it. It was very rare for Japanese beliefs to cross paths with Western beliefs, and when it does, they blow, the blowback is always a surprise for the Japanese side. And I read that Japanese bosses working in the states have been known to not handle harassment issues because in Japan, it's something you quote, some, it's something you work out amongst yourselves. End quote. Uh, it'll be interesting if you know Tomodachi life has. The next game has two versions, a Western gay couples allowed version <laughs> versus a Japanese no strange relationships version. Um, sincerely from some dude. So thank you very much for your uh, anonymous email. We appreciate that. And so, yeah, if you have no idea what that's talking about, I'll just kind of briefly explain what had happened. So, you know, Tomonachi Life... Uh, known as Tomodachi Collection here in Japan. Uh, it's going to be coming out in the, the West, I believe, June 6th, June 5th, something like that, basically very soon. And Nintendo made a statement basically saying, like, hey, you know, same-sex relationships, there is something that are not going to happen in this game. And, you know, they got a lot of, uh, you know, blowback about this from uh, different groups and stuff like that. And, um, you know... I, we're not going to talk about what we necessarily think about this, but more or less just kind of talk about, you know, from, I guess, a Japanese perspective, what maybe people think about here about, uh, I guess, same-sex relationships, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I thought we'd just go ahead and just kick off this discussion. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, 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 let's let's rattle this beehive. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, so dude, dude, you know, uh, dude basically, you know, asks why, why same-sex relationships were deemed a bug by Nintendo. I mean, that's, the, that's kind of the first question here. And I, I feel like, I think the honest answer is probably just that because it was a bug to them, you know, because they probably designed the game where they didn't want, they never thought about, you know, allowing, allowing sounds weird, but basically ha- being able to have, you know, a romantic relationship between two people of the same sex. I'm sure that just wasn't like, you know, something that they had in the, the, the design doc originally. Personally, I feel like, you know, if, if that bug did, you know, bug did exist, I, I say, you know, keep it in there, man. It's, it's, it's like a quirky Japanese game, right? Like mm-hmm. it just, it would just like add to the quirkiness factor. If, you know, you were able to like, you know, be in a real, you know, two men were able to be in a romantic relationship and then one of them popped out a baby, you know, like, <laughs> cause it's a game, it's a game anyways, right? You know, nobody gives a shit. So go ahead and, you know, let that kind of thing happen. And it just adds to the fun, you know, it adds to the quirkiness and to that kind of value of it. In, in Japan, I think there's there's a whole lot of different factors at play here um first of all in japan i mean obviously there are, there are gay people in japan and <laughs> there are there are going to be you're going to get the asshole you know bigots in any country whether it's you know japan or the states or wherever where you're going to get people that you know just do not accept other people based on something you know whether it's their sexual orientation or whatever um but I, I I don't really ever hear a whole lot, you know, from those kind of people. Um, over here, it's more that there's kind of tacit I- ignoring of that kind of thing. Um, right. And, you know, like, for instance, my, my brother-in-law is gay. So he had a hard time in, in you know, school. Uh, you know, people would make fun of him for, be, for being gay and stuff. And you'd have stuff where you know, you don't fit in with the norm. And so you're going to get singled out. And, and, uh, that, that is certainly not going to be a comfortable experience for you lately. It seems like, especially like on Japanese TV that they're, they are trying to be a little more accepting of gay people. Um, and on the other hand though, I mean, you, you can kind of read into that two ways because what happens is you see a lot, a lot of gay people in what we call Okama, uh, on Japanese TV. And a lot of times they're kind of portrayed as, you know, this, this funny bunch of people. Some, sometimes I think it can, it, it, at least from our eyes in particular, it can come off as kind of degrading to them. Uh, sure. But it also does kind of feel like they are accepting of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of duality in the way it's, it, it's all handled. Uh, but I think some dude really brings up an interesting thing when he says that, uh, oh, I've heard it's very rare for Japanese beliefs to cross paths with Western beliefs, and when it does, the blowback is always a surprise for the Japanese side. There's there's a lot of truth to that because you know as as global as and as, as global as you know our industry has become, and as easy as it is now for us to get information about stuff from all around the world on the internet in Japan, they partly because I think um, like. A good eighty percent of the from I think I had heard something like eighty percent of like the stuff on the internet is in English, and so in Japan, you know, people are just not the best at English here. It's just that's just the way it is. 
Um, so they don't have access to a lot of the information on how other countries see things because they can't read the English or they don't want to, you know, they're, they're happy in their little bubble. Sure. So the fact of the matter is, is that they just don't get it. You can explain to them, like, look in the States, you know, when we, when they announced Samus and super smash brothers, you know, she's got these heels on now, like, and this is kind of a, a sexist thing. They don't get it. They just don't fucking get it. And you can explain to them and you can explain to them, but they don't get it. They're like, but women wear heels. And you're like, you, no, <laughs> that's, but that's reinforcing, you know, this, this, you know, thing, this stereotype or what have you. Um, and so that's, uh, that's one of the things that you have to, no matter how hard you try, you're going to come up against this cultural barrier where just because they, they grew up here and the, the understanding of how, you know, sex and sexual relationships is, it's, it's hard for them to, to grasp that. No, no, no. Especially in the States, we're, we're much more sensitive to these kind of things, you know, that, you know, there are people that are like this or that, you know, we don't want to portray people in a way that might make them feel negative. They just, they can't, they can't get it. They don't understand why <laughs> they don't understand wh what it is about it. That's negative. So, yeah. And it's like, like you're saying, it's like, I don't think this is like a malicious type of thing. And you know, from Nintendo or anything, it's just, yeah, it's just a kind of just a not knowing this out of being naive, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I would, yeah. Matt just did an amazing job of trying to get multiple textbooks of information of, about Japanese culture into one minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good, good <laughs> God, job. I hope it was only one minute. Yeah, I, hope, I have a feeling yeah. I've rambled for way long, and I'm sorry about that. No, no it's great. It's yeah, great. like, uh, you did hit on a lot, of the, a lot of the points I wanted to hit on. Um, so, yeah, the the thing is, it, well, in Japan, well, first of all, there's there isn't a big social justice movement for, like that for uh, gay people. For better or worse, but you know, at the same time, there isn't like super active oppression either. It's very much a live and let live kind of mm, situation, I think. And uh, you know, I, I have an anecdote from my college years. Um, okay, so studying Japanese literature, like you know. Maybe the most important book in all of Japanese literature is The Tale of Genji, Genji Monogatari. Mm -hmm. And stay with me here. <laughs> so so Genji, the main character of this, I would guess I guess you would call it like the world's first serialized novel or whatever. So he's this dude that goes around and has sex with women all the time. You know? And I think that's even a turn of phrase in Japanese, like, you know, if somebody is very Genji like he it's a dude that sleeps around and there's like this part of the book where like wow there are no women around here tonight oh well, I guess this boy will do just fine it's like he doesn't care nobody else cares it's just a thing that happens so yeah like I guess you can apply that to modern Japanese society in the sense that, like, you know, it's not a hot topic. Nobody cares a whole lot. Nintendo definitely wants to have this not be an issue. <laughs> because, first <Yeah>. of all, <laughs> they have no idea how 
<laughs> how to deal with this <laughs> and they don't want to yeah and let's see where else was i gonna go with this yeah i guess i want to say it, it's not there's not a big social justice movement or it, it's not something that's part of the news or part of the social consciousness so much in japan so nintendo you know doesn't want to get into a lot of trouble here and they're trying to play it as safe as possible but i think it's too late for that right right exactly <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, they've already made, like, they made their initial statement, and then they made, like, a follow-up a couple of days later and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the follow-up was, like, a little bit better, but I don't know. I think still a lot of people were already just, you know, upset about what had been said anyway, so it almost maybe didn't even matter at that point, but... Yeah, I, remember I was I was talking to somebody about that, and they were they were talking about how they they really felt like that first response felt kind of like the the typical like here the Japanese parent company is saying you must respond with this, and e- even though you know the American branch is probably saying look this is not the way we should respond this is not going to go over well with the American public yeah and like then, you could read that like super plainly I think right yeah. that's exactly then, what's going on. Once, you know, they got a chance to, to see that that wasn't the way to handle it, you know, and they probably, you know, showed all the responses to N- NCL and said, we told you guys. And NCL probably said, <laughs> okay, fine, you deal with it the way you were going to then. And I would assume that's when, yeah. you know, might, they, they put out that second response. Yeah, it might be a good opportunity for Nintendo to take a better position here. Although, you know, they don't want to. They don't want it to be... They don't want to really take sides, I don't think. But, but I'm saying it's a good opportunity to take a side. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be accepting for sure, right? Yeah, I mean and the I mean, correct side, that one. Yes. And it was, it was, it was good. I think in the second re- response, I felt like you know them saying, "We pledge that if we create the next installment in the Tomodachi series, we will strive to design a gameplay experience from the ground up that is more inclusive and better represents all players." Yeah, that is yeah. exactly the correct response. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think this is kind of a, a typical Japanese company fumble. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is this is just the way it is. I mean, we don't. It's so easy for us. We we get to sit here and we get to read all this great news that comes out of Japan. You know, as as you know, people from the West, even when we didn't live in Japan, right? The three of us, mm-hmm. we were still living in the States. We were still reading the internet and reading all this great gaming news all the time. They, they, they might get the news, but they don't get the cultural. It's, it's just a classic example of, they don't get that cultural background, you know, to, to see things the way we do. You know I mean? And even me growing up in the States, you know I mean? I feel like I was always really, I always wanted to be really careful about, you know, not being racist, you know? Um, and so I was always very sensitive about that kind of stuff. But in Japan, you know, race isn't something that they feel they need to be sensitive about, you know? It's just kind of like, you know, we're Japanese, wari nihonjin, right? Mm-hmm. We're Japanese and and everybody else is, you know, a gaijin, right? Is, you know, people on the outside. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the... <laughs> They just they can't they can't grasp that that culture that different the way we see things you know just because mm-hmm. they've they've grown up with this different context. Yeah, well, you said the magic word earlier, the bubble. Japan <laughs> yep. lives in a bubble. 
And I'm sure, I'm sure that to an extent that, that happens in, you know, all countries, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably the same reason that, you know, stereotypical Americans, you know, are kind of seen as these assholes that like only ever, you know, uh, yeah. that, that, you know, hey, America, fuck yeah, you know, we're, we're number one, all that shit. Drink beer, shoot guns, eat steak. Right. You know? Right. Right. So I, I'm sure that that does exist in some sense, you know, wherever you go. Yeah. Hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, national exceptionalism, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the idea that your country is unique and special and better sure. than other countries because it is X country. It's and especially if you don't have any experience going abroad, if you've if you've only ever been in your country your whole life. You know, you, it's. I'm sure it's pre, it's pretty easy to be susceptible and prone to that. You know, read about it on my social justice Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, traveling abroad is a good idea. Get ex- definitely get exposed to other cultures, become oh, multinational. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I mean, just for me, living in Japan, like I've. Living in Japan, I've you know obviously realized all kinds of great things I love about this country. But then I've just I've also been able to. It's also helped me kind of identify things that I took for granted for. But you know I also really appreciate about being in the states as well. Yeah, you take the oh, yeah. good with the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know yeah, for sure. it's so much better than just living in a bu- in a bubble. Go to as many countries as possible. That's my advice to everyone ever. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, even me, man. Like before I came to Japan, I, I did like some. Uh, volunteer trips to like Mexico, Guatemala, helping out like poor people and stuff, visiting like really like poor areas and just helping out people. And, you know, it was really good for young Danny. I'll tell you. Right on. And um, yeah, then, you know, coming here, I guess I'm helping people by teaching English. I have no idea. But, um, you know, like you said, you know, you take the good with the bad. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff that you just don't agree with or you're just like, man, I wish like, this I, I wish especially with this particular issue it's like i wish people would be like more sensitive towards this or you know something like that but i <laughs> i don't know it's like i think people have to get their own experience and you know obviously this isn't this doesn't mean like everybody in japan doesn't care i mean yeah of course you're gonna have people that maybe care more than others or whatever but i mean yeah um a couple months back there was you know, there was like a nationalist group protest or something about, you know, how they hate Koreans and Chinese so much. And then like that group just got totally overrun by a whole bunch of young Japanese people with signs that basically said, fuck racism. And, nice. and it, nice. yeah, and that really warmed my heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, even in an individual country, you're going to see so many groups with so many different opinions about things. You know, I know we said this last time, but damn it, it would have been good to have Minoru here and actually get yeah, him. Man. <laughs> get his stance on this. Yeah. 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 Well, like you said last time, whenever we have our uh, Phoenix Wright cast, Minoru will sit as judge, jury, and executioner, I guess, and uh <laughs> maybe if he if he's up for it and if 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 we buy it. <laughs> uh, so cool. Well, um, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Or do, I mean, Matt, you said pretty much everything I could have ever imagined to think about if I could have thought. About <laughs> and yeah, Ty, you too, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I job, mean, guys. Shit. Yeah, Matt nailed it. I had but a little bit of historical context, if anything. <laughs> cool.
cool. All right. Well, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, yeah. But with that, we'll take one more quick musical break, and then we're going to go ahead and close out the show. So we'll go ahead and give you our Twitter handles. First of all, I'll give you the Twitter handle for the Famicast. Uh, wait, oh my God, uh, I think it's just at the Famicast <laughs> on Twitter. I think so. <laughs> I, I, I'm I am the guy that runs it. So if that's wrong, wow, I've totally failed myself. Uh, that's okay. Uh, if you want to follow me, my personal Twitter, it's at Danny Biv, and that's D A N N Y B I V. Uh, Matt. I'm Gypsy Otoko. G Y P S Y O T O K O. Cool. And Ty. I am Super Cat Drugs. The, yes. the best handle <laughs> on Twitter. It is. Please follow my Twitter for funny pictures. And. <laughs> and the best goddamn Twitter handle ever. Yeah, dude. Undisputed. Yes. Yeah. And, and also, there's a little Twitter I've been running on the side called Scrub Quotes X. The his ah, is that what that is? Yeah, it's uh, okay. quotes from people embarrassing themselves at video games. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to take off, so please enjoy it. Cool. All right, and uh, yeah, um, like I said, we we recorded a little bit earlier this month, so maybe there's some other news and crap that happened towards the end of the month that we didn't get to. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, E3's coming up. Stay, uh, keep your dials fixed or whatever yeah, the hell. Yeah, it's that time the of year. Report. Yeah, it's going to be tons of exciting stuff. You know, we always have a lot of great coverage on the site, so definitely be sure to check that out. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks a lot for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you. Yep, and we'll catch you next month. Yeah.